Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 304. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2017, Certified American Grown Flowers. The Certified American Grown program and label provide a guarantee for designers and consumers on the source of their flowers. Take pride in your flowers and buy with confidence. Ask for Certified American Grown Flowers. To learn more, visit AmericanGrownFlowers.org. It's July 5th, and I'm still on a high Thanks to the incredibly successful third annual American Flowers Week celebration, which concluded yesterday with Independence Day in the United States. I will have a lengthier recap to share in next week's episode after all the numbers come in and after I've had time to compile highlights and accolades from around the country. Suffice it to say that participation has reached new heights with American Flowers Week 2017. Last year, in the month leading up to American Flowers Week, the social media impressions hit 1.4 million on Instagram and Twitter, which was about more than three times the previous year of 400,000. This year, we are at 4.7 million and counting, more than triple the impressions from the previous year. That is clearly only one metric, but I'm happy we can point to it for validation that Slow Flowers has created something pretty awesome that everyone who touches American-grown flowers can claim and adopt for their own place in the domestic floral scene. From our beloved growers to floral wholesalers, e-commerce sellers, grocery stores, and the floral artists and flower shops who connect consumers with their flowers. Ultimately, it's also for lifelong and passionate gardeners like me, those of us who fell in love with their flowers through horticulture and through the simple act of clipping a bloom from plants we grow ourselves and arranging them into a nosegay or a posy to bring indoors. I know we will all continue the momentum all year long, and I can't wait to share the news of the 2017 American Flowers Week success, including our brilliant first-ever Slow Flowers Summit, staged last Sunday on July 2nd. As I said, more will be (laughs) shared in our full report next week. This week, though, we're turning to our Canadian neighbors where there's amazing flower farming and floral design in that community with equally passionate kindred spirits like my guest, Janice Harris of Harris Flower Farm. Janice is the Canadian Regional Director for the Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers, and she has been busy working on the group's upcoming two-day conference called Let's Talk Flowers, scheduled for August 7th and 8th in the Niagara region of Ontario. I'm so pleased that Janice and I recently recorded this conversation to discuss the conference and give us more insights into her floral business and her farm. Visit DebraPrinzing.com to see photos of Janice and her flowers, floral designs, and family life on the farm. 
Here's a little bit more about Janice at her family's flower-filled business. There's a twist, and that's the other crop grown at their farm, Husband Mark's Pasteurized Pork Livestock Enterprise. You'll hear more about that and how flowers and piggies live in harmony in my upcoming conversation with Janice. Janice and Mark Harris and their three youngsters, Cameron, Nathan, and Megan, live and farm just north of St. Thomas, Ontario. They have been going to the local market with their fresh-cut flowers since 2010. Both Janice and Mark grew up on family farms. Janice's parents have an organic vegetable, poultry, and beef farm, and Mark's parents have a cow and calf beef farm. They hope to instill the farm life and values that they grew up with to their children. Cameron already loves the farming life. He can be found playing with his tractor toys everywhere on the farm. Nathan loves helping in the fields, picking and hauling in the flower harvest. And Megan is already picking up tips on arranging flowers. Mind you, all these kids are under the age of seven. The fresh-cut flower business is a family affair. Everyone picks, packs, and sells. Cameron and Nathan have grown up at the market, and they look forward to introducing their little sister to the ins and outs of selling market bouquets as she grows up. Mark and Janice purchased Janice's grandparents' former dairy farm, where Grandma and Grandpa's love of flowers is apparent still throughout the property. There are many established flower gardens filled with collections of lilies, irises, peonies, and lilacs. Currently, with three acres in flower production, the farm is flourishing. Former corn and soya bean fields have been turned into sunflower fields. Lawn has been turned over for perennial beds. The farm is being revitalized and beautified with every growing seed. And every year, the flowers have increased in number and variety. As I mentioned, along with the flowers, pasteurized pigs are raised on the farm. Healthy, happy, and muddy pigs. The pigs have access to outdoors and are cared for in the best way possible, hands-on and one-on-one with each animal. Janice designs literally with her grandma's garden of flowers, as well as field production that she's grown herself. She sells her mixed bouquets at the Horton Farmer's Market every Saturday from Mother's Day to Canadian Thanksgiving. And she has an ever-expanding wedding business with custom florals for brides who want Canadian-grown flowers for their ceremony. So let's get started. Welcome to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing. And I am so excited today to have on the line Janice Harris of Harris Flower Farm and Pastured Pork in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada. Hi, Janice. Hi. Thanks for saying you'll talk with me today. We've been meaning to do this for a while. Mm-hmm. It's great to have you online. Yeah, you bet. Um, well, Janice is the um, national or the, the director of the Canada Divi- region for Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers. And that's a new position, isn't it? It is. They just decided last November that um, Canada needed to have its own um, representation on the ASCFG board. And um, so we had an election and uh, I was totally excited to be elected the uh, director for the three year term. Oh, that's awesome. And of course, you have a, you're juggling so much and you ask a busy woman to do one more thing and she says yes. So you agreed, right? I don't think no was in my vocabulary. <laughs> well, uh, talk a little bit about your farm. You, um, you have two different uh, emphases, I guess, flowers and then um, your, um, your pork, which I, I don't think that you're in quite as involved in, are you? No, I always tease my husband that I'm the good-smelling part of the farm, and he's the bad-smelling part of the farm. And his, uh, his name so. is Mark? 
Yes, yes, the mark. Um, but it, the pigs also um, make a great resource so that we can have really awesome growing flowers because their compost really helps out on the farm. So I use that part. So I like to have them around. <laughs> so you- and piglet cuddling is lots of fun. I do that too. I hope when the baby piglets are born. So lots of fun. And you've got a couple kids, right? We have three kids, yeah. Um, our oldest is going to be seven um, in a week or so, and then um, our middle son is going to be five, and our youngest is two. So. Oh, my gosh. You do have so much on your plate. Thank you so much for squeezing me in. This is great. Oh, you're welcome. So I'm not 100% sure of you know your own path to flower farming, but maybe you could talk a little bit about what, what when you started the farm and, and how your business has evolved. Sure. So... Um, uh, nine years ago, my mom, who uh, my parents have had uh, organic vegetables forever. They've been about 30-something years as organic farmers. And one spring, mom said, why don't you grow glads and sell them at the local farmer's market? So I don't do anything small. So, of course, I ordered 3,000 gladiolias <laughs> and, and grew the glads that summer. And I kind of got hooked. I've always loved flowers, and flowers are definitely in my family and in my, I say, in my blood. Um uh, so we grew those glads and my husband Mark was a long distance boyfriend at the time and I roped him into helping me with the flowers and we kind of got hooked and wow. the next couple seasons we added more things um, we added in sunflowers and basically anything that mom and grandma would let me pick out of their gardens grandma had a rule that there had to be at least one of uh, everything in the garden still so I couldn't totally decimate <laughs> her gardens but um, so we just continued to grow at my parents' farm, and then also Grandma let us rip up some grass at her farm, um, and we just kept growing more things every year. Um, and then um, in 2011, Mark and I bought my grandparents' farm, um, so we are just one road south of Mom and Dad, wow. so we're right close by so we shared equipment in the beginning and we still do share a lot of equipment mom and dad have the heated greenhouses so that we start all the plants over at their farm and we can just drive the tractor around the side road um, for anything that we need so i wish we could buy the farm north of us just so then we could have a driveway straight through that would be really <laughs> But we do have to drive around the road with the tractor. So. <laughs> I bet your kids love that, though. The tractor ride has got to be more fun than the car ride. Uh, yeah, definitely. They are totally involved in our farm. Um, we tease that my oldest has been at the market every Saturday, except the one that he was born on. So <laughs> they're, uh, they're definitely involved in our farm. So to put, put yourself on the map. St. Thomas is where in relationship to, like, what Toronto would be the biggest city, right? Yeah, we're about two and a half hours um west of Toronto, um, right kind of basically two hours between Windsor and Toronto. Um, if you were to take a line and go straight up from Cleveland, we're straight through Lake Erie at uh, Cleveland. Wow. So what uh, what does that mean for your growing climate and zones? And People all? always think when, when you say Canada, they're always like, oh my gosh, it must be igloos and everything, and they think we're so cold. Um, right. But our, our um, zone is uh, 6A. And our growing season, we get our last frost usually around um, the 10th of May, and we go until usually early October or Canadian Thanksgiving, which is beginning of October. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, so that's pretty comparable to a place like Cleveland. I mean, it's, it's it is, yeah, northern. it is. 
Northern we do North some season extension. Yeah, we do some season extension. Um, so we were first cutting tulips beginning of April here in the tunnels. And um, we can usually protect stuff and have things in the tunnel until mid-November. Mm-hmm. So that must, that must be nice for the early spring holidays, like an Easter or Mother's mm-hmm. Day. You want to have product. We were so excited to be able to hit Easter this year because it was late. So we were excited to have tulips and things for Easter. Wow. So how how are you selling? What is your market um, for Harris Flower Farm? Yeah, mostly we are at farmer's markets in the area. There's one main market in St. Thomas that we go to every weekend from Mother's Day until Canadian Thanksgiving. Um, So we're there all the time. And in the season before that, we do a lot of um, marketing through our Facebook and through Instagram. And we have a lot of following there. Most Some nights I'll just have to put up, I have 10 bunches of tulips, who wants them? And within a few minutes they're sold and um, people are either picking them up or picking them up at the farm or whatever. Um, And then we do a lot of weddings as well. Um, We were about five years into doing weddings and um, they're growing exponentially. Um, But I think we're kind of at our our limit. Um, This year we're doing 30 weddings we have on the book for this year. So Janice, are you doing um, the full range of design or how how does that how does that come together? Yeah, um, we do the design work. um, So it's basically seed to centerpiece. Um, we do buy things in if we need to, and a lot of times I have friends in the area that I can go to and get um, other flowers if I need things. Um, but my sister actually went to school to be a florist, so she helps out with the um, wedding design stuff. Um, and I've just been learning over the years um, about design work. I do most of the bouquets. She does the. She's really good at the flower crowns and the boutonnieres and the corsages and that. So. We kind of take our strengths and do what we need to do. Is there sort of this, um, I, I pick, I've I picked up on this, I think this is happening in your market, this sort of Canadian-grown sentiment or Ontario-grown, like there's a real pride in sourcing locally, right? Yeah, definitely. Like um, the brides are looking for that and they're excited about that and they're understanding. Like they know from me they're not going to get tulips in August or they're not going to get peonies in September like they know um, because I tell them what what it's going to be and um, so they're aware of that and they're excited about what we have and if they say I really love peonies but my wedding's in September okay we can do the same kind of idea with dahlias and different flowers that we can get that same kind of idea but um, in season right right so you're kind of marketing seasonality and palette and your aesthetic and they have to just trust you yeah yeah and a lot of times I say to them like I don't know exactly what's going to be in your bouquet I know what you want I know what you're thinking and then I have the most fun when I can do something cool or we've I've in the past I've picked little green apples off of our apple tree and put them into a bouquet or the actually this week I have two weddings this weekend and my mock orange bush is totally in bloom so it's perfect it just works out that it's exactly what their wedding day is but you're also you're harvesting stuff that your grandmother grew that was there when you bought it right yeah they planted um a lot of things they my grandma and grandpa had a thing where every year they would like pick a different flower that they'd collect so we have a lot of different lilacs and we have different lilies and irises and all kinds of things that have been here my dad grew up on this farm and there's the pear tree we have pictures of it only a couple feet tall when he was little and it's still here so it's all 
it's cool that it's in the family and it's such a family farm. And your kids are kind of having the childhood that their grandfather had. That's kind of cool. And probably the childhood you had. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in the farmer's market and in the summer we were, Saturday mornings we were at the market on my parents' farm when they had the market right there. So, I mean, it's That's it's hard to believe I didn't see myself coming back to this because I did go away to college and I did have a off-farm job and I saw myself somewhere else and then I guess the meeting a country boy and moving to the country again, <laughs> moving back to the country kind of changes your focus, I guess. <laughs> Well, it's kind of like Mark has the the pork and or the the you know that whole kind of um, livestock side of the business, and you've got the field grown yep. side of the business. It's sort of a nice complement for how you use yep. your land. Yes, definitely. So, what's going on with um, the movement in Canada and like the number of flower farmers coming online and farmer florists? Is that sort of one of the reasons why the presence of members um, in ASCFG grew and, and there was uh, an obvious need to um, add to the leadership. Um, what do you, what have you sort of seen in your, you know, seven or eight years growing flowers? Yeah, definitely. There's more people in the area and even now it's just nice to have people to talk to and have people that I can go to and that are in the same kind of season as me um, and growing season things that we can um, split on orders. We're doing a lot of co-op orders because that border it seems to be a very definite line like it's hard to get things into Canada and all of the um, legal and paperwork that we need to get things here so we're working together as a group to order things in so we'll order in 10,000 of something and split that up between a number of growers and so it's really going well that way that we can actually get things here and companies in the U.S. are taking note of it and trying to cater to what we uh, have available too. Mm-hmm. So. When you're talking about like bulbs and seeds or actual plant yeah. starts? No, bulbs and seeds, those are easiest. It's really hard to get um, plants and plugs because of the soil that's on them. Then we need even more um, phytosanitary and that yeah. kind of stuff to get them in. But seeds and corms and like ranunculas and anemone, they were, just, were able to get things that we weren't able to get before. Because you kind of had this collective, at least in Ontario, this real critical mass Mm -hmm. of of people. Yeah, like last spring, uh, or last fall, sorry, we um, had a group order of uh, tulips, and we ordered in 21,000 tulip bulbs that came to my farm, and we divided (laughs) them up and sent them on. Oh, I love that. It's so collaborative. I mean, obviously, these people, you all could be each other's competitors, too, but you're somehow not getting hung up on that. Right. We could be competitors, but I think we're all in different regions and we're all kind of going towards the same goal. Like there's so many of the people I talk to my flower friends more than my in-life friends sometimes just because we're always talking and messaging and late night texts and that kind of stuff of just what are you doing or what do you think about this or how are you doing with that? So it's really fun. Well, another fun thing that's happening that we wanted to talk about is the 2017 Ontario meeting for ASCFG, which I know you're intimately involved in. Um, So I thought maybe you could walk us through a little preview. Um, The dates are Monday, August 7th and Tuesday, August 8th, although I think maybe people come in the night before, right? Or how's that? Right. I think think so. I think people are planning on coming in on the Sunday um, and staying through and um, we've even made um, that 
if people are driving in, we do have, or we're going to have a list of um, possible farms along the route that they can stop at, because my farm is only about 10 minutes off the highway. Um, so if someone's driving through, they could stop um, yeah. and meet with people along the way. So it's really definitely a, to introduce the ASDFG to Canada to see um, what we have available, because there is some pretty awesome stuff happening in Canada. Is this the first time there's been a meeting in Canada? Uh, they did have a conference um, quite some time ago out in BC, mm. um, but they haven't had, um, they did have a little farm hop tour a couple of years ago um, that we did uh, in Ontario, but it's been a while and it's definitely, we've been asking for it. Well, so. this is like a fully developed program um, mm-hmm. with a lot of, a lot of speakers and also tours. And so, mm-hmm. um, and where is it actually taking place in Ontario? Well, there's um, three farms that it's going to be on. It's all in the Niagara region of Ontario. Okay. Um, So a great kind of touristy area and great time of year to come and see Ontario um, in August because it'll be nice and warm, I'm sure. Um, But there are three host farms. Uh, The first farm uh, is Green Park Nurseries in Ridgeville, Ontario. Um, They grow all like woody plants and um, a humongous operation there with woody cuts. Um, and then we'll also be at um, Wendelaine Farms, which is, um, they've been doing uh, cut flowers for quite some time, Jen and Bob Geertz, um, and they uh, are really mar- um, farmer's market people. They do a lot of farmer's markets in their area, and they're, Jen does a lot of it herself. And so it's really neat to see the small side of it, because we want to show the big side of growing cuts, but then also the small size and the for the people who are doing it by themselves or doing it on one and a half acres mm-hmm. um, to show that it is possible. And then we'll also be at um, La Primavera Farms in um, Dundas, Ontario. Um, and they are a very large operation. They do about 40 acres of sunflowers, uh, all for wholesale flower cut markets. And they're doing a lot of uh, farmers markets in the area as well as um, doing weddings and that too. So kind of a good mix to see big and small to learn from all of it well so i've got this schedule up on my computer while you're talking i'm kind of following through and i'll be sure to put this um agenda on the show notes at deborahprinzing.com as well as registration information uh, Great. i can see that um there's tours interspersed with presentations so for example on monday i'm excited to see the sarah nixon of my luscious backyard who's a, a toronto-based florist, Mm -hmm. farmer florist, I guess. I've known her for years. She is speaking about urban growing Toronto style. So like, will that take place at Green Park Nurseries? Yeah. Yep. So the presenters are all going to be at Green Park. So in the morning, we're going to um, tour around um, Carl's farm and he will show us all some of the areas and that, but then we'll also come back into one of his buildings and do presentations. And I'm so excited because it's showing off, like these are all Canadian speakers. These are all um, Canadian and relative um, topics that people want to hear about. So I was excited to put together the program because it was all things that I wanted to hear too. Oh, absolutely. I'm excited about it. And um, it is maybe a good recruiting tool maybe there are people people who should be members who Mm -hmm. maybe couldn't justify going to a large you know national symposium or meeting every other year and then you're kind of bringing ASCFG to them right and that's always a big thing um a hurdle that I've 
come across is people say, well, on the exchange rate, it costs a lot more for us to go to um, a conference in the States because of the exchange rate. It is, we definitely are, doesn't go as far. Um, So it costs a lot more, plus getting there and that. So this is a way that people can drive and be at the event um, in Canada and still use Canadian money. And the Americans can get a bit of a a bonus on their money when they exchange it over. Well, I'm excited because I actually am, uh, as you know, we've talked about this. I'm scheduled to be in Buffalo, and Buffalo uh, is where the national, or excuse me, not national, annual Garden Writers Association uh, symposium is. Uh, kind of like from the 4th through the 7th. And it, and actually, Garden Writers is holding that uh, symposium in Buffalo, so it's more convenient for Canadian members of the Garden Writers Association to get, you know, not have to travel so far. But I think mm-hmm. I'm, I'm what, like an at two hours away maybe? Uh, yeah. yeah, Buffalo is not, not far from Ridgeville. I think um, that's one of the airports that Carl had said that uh, people could fly into if they are going to. Um, fly into Buffalo. I think it's actually closer to his place than Toronto. Oh, good. Well, I'm I'm excited to um, get to join you and um, just see some of these farms and meet you know meet some really amazing people and hears from some really great uh, presenters. Um, <laughs> some of whom are involved in Slow Flowers, including as I mentioned, Sarah Nixon, also yep. um, Melanie Harrington from Dahlia May yep. Flower Farm. Mm-hmm. Um, I see you're not presenting, Janice. Is that because you're going to be like the the queen of the day and have too many responsibilities? <laughs> I don't know about the queen of the day, but I got to design all this, so I don't know. I I picked all the people who I wanted to hear from. So oh, yeah, but you're oh. kind of you're the key uh, leader who's who's going to be there, kind of making sure. I will definitely be there. I'll be there for sure. I I think um, I've been told I have to do some uh, introducing in that, mm-hmm. so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, and if people can take a side trip to see Harris Flower Farm, that you know, mm-hmm. if that map comes out, that'll be really fun. Yeah, and on the Wednesday too, we've left it open um, that because Joanne from La Primavera is also the president of the Ontario Flower Growers Auction, which is in Mississauga, where they do a Dutch style auction. Um, we've left it open that on the Wednesday, um, if people want to go and tour that, they can go and see the uh, flower trolley, which is really cool to watch that and watch the clock and people. Yeah auctioning and buying the flowers yeah i've gone to the vancouver bc one and it is and it is like allsmere it's it's mm-hmm. outrageously huge and kind of overwhelming and uh yeah i think i always I'm- sit on my hands when i go because <laughs> i'm worried that i'm gonna buy a whole trolley or something <laughs> <laughs> well cool well you mentioned wednesday um august 9th and we <laughs> just because there's not enough on the calendar already uh yeah a bunch of these Slow Flowers members in Toronto and I have teamed up to have a meetup. And I, mm-hmm. I want to let people know about that too. Um, I'm hoping you can come, but you get a pass, Janice, if you you know your kids want to see you. <laughs> um, but Rebecca de Oliveria, is that how you say her last name? I believe so. Rebecca de Oliveria, mm-hmm. such a beautiful name, mm-hmm. of Blush and Bloom, mm-hmm. which is a, a floral studio and Floral School is going to um, open up her doors as a venue in Toronto for us to have a meet a meetup on the evening of Wednesday, August 9th. And um, I, it's posted on my website at DebraFrenzing.com, and I'll share the link on the show notes. Um, it's just going to be a really fun way, especially to bring florists who are part of Slow Flowers into the networking mix. Um, you and I will just have been with a lot of flower farmers and. Um, it's, I always love it when Slow Flowers can bring 
florists and flor farmers together because obviously that's where good good transactions take place. Um, yeah, definitely. So that'll be fun. And um, I'm just excited to learn a lot about what's going on um, firsthand rather than just lurking online and seeing what you are all doing. Um, mm -hmm. I was excited to see that um, Natasha Kajanik from Toronto Flower Market is also speaking yes. to ASCFG. I really congratulate you for bringing her in because I think she's doing something really exciting in yeah. Toronto. I had, when I heard about doing the program, I was, I had a list of people that I was like, this, these are the ones that we need to have here to show off what awesome things we're doing. Cause I want to make sure that it's definitely a, a good show. Oh, that's great. Good. Mm -hmm. What else do people need to know about? I guess they need to get their passports in line, uh, if yeah. they're going to come from the U S yeah. And we're actually going to air this on July 5th. So um, as it turns out, the cutoff date for the hotel block, the room block at the Casablanca Winery Inn in Grimsby is Thursday, July 6th. So if you're hearing this today and you want to go, jump on that um, link at the um, ASCFG website, which I'll provide, and get, you know, get your plans made. It's not like that's the only hotel. I'm sure there's other places no. people can stay. Yeah, definitely. There's other places. This was just a good central thing. And I've been to AFCG events um, even before I was a director. And the hotel is always a great place to just sit and talk. You will meet the best people. And you'll. those are almost the, some of the things that you'll learn um, in the hotel lobby <laughs> when you're sitting talking to somebody. Because it's, it's really cool to the people you'll meet and talk to. Yeah, I haven't met very many shy flower farmers <laughs> you, you know people are willing to offer information and talk about themselves and then listen just as as passionately to someone yeah. else's story that's the amazing part about the organization cool well um will there be a trade show or a showcase of flowers or because it's all kind of live and in person on farms it's sort of a moving flower tour i would imagine yeah, the tours, we're also like local farmer, uh, Ontario farmers, I'm asking them to bring whatever flowers they have in bloom, um, because there will be design part, that's one of the, we wanted to do growing business and also design, um, because weddings are really hot um, topic for flower farmers, so um, we did bring on two floral designers that are going to do presentations as well as uh, demonstrations, so they're going to have lots of flowers to work with um, and do some uh, demo bouquets for us. And on site, whatever farm yeah. portion of the tour you're at. Cool. Yep. Cool. Yep. Well, Janice, I'm excited. I'm so excited mm -hmm. to hear about this. And um, I thank you for giving us a preview. Before we sign off, is there anything I didn't ask you that you want to make sure we share with the listeners of the Slow Flowers podcast? Um, no, I, I think that's about it. I, um, I'm just really excited to have a, a Canadian voice and have a, a part of it because it's um, something that's growing here. And I know it's growing everywhere else, but we're growing just as much and we're doing um, just as much up here. So it's nice to have recognition. Yeah, you're doing some exciting things. I'd love to get some photos of Harris flower farm and your arrangements some of your wedding designs to yeah. uh put on the show notes so people can meet you virtually and then start following you at your social places and yeah. maybe they'll someone will come up to you in uh at the conference in niagara and say <laughs> that they heard you first here and now they know what yeah, you sound like cool. at the farmer's markets it's always fun when a customer will come up and i follow you on instagram or i follow you on facebook so it's cool to I mean, I've been in the grocery store and people have said that to me. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. 
to make yeah. sure I don't go out with my farm clothes all the time. <laughs> it's like, do you ever get dressed up to go to the grocery store, right? <laughs> Oh, well, thanks so much, Janice. This is going to be great. And um, I'm really um, happy to get people excited about this. There aren't a lot of tickets left. So if you're on the fence, we're going to push you into the yes column uh, after talking with Janice. So yeah, thanks definitely. a lot. And I'll see you in August. Awesome. I can't wait. Thanks for listening today as we readied this episode for posting. The registration for ASCFG's Ontario meeting has been so successful to date that there are now only about nine spaces left for participants. And the hotel reservation cutoff for the discounted rate of $119 is Thursday, July 6th, tomorrow. So if you hear this information after that deadline, you can probably still grab a room upon availability, but the rate may have increased. All the links to registering for the conference and the hotel details are at deborahprinzing.com for episode 304. Check out the show notes there. And thank you so much for joining us today. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 207,000 times by listeners like you. The month of June witnessed the highest listenership ever at 11,730 downloads. You helped the podcast surpass March's listenership of 11,518. And that's pretty amazing considering flower farmers are usually even busier with their duties in June than in March. So hey, thank you to each one of you for downloading, listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. If you value the content you receive each week, I invite you to show your thanks and support the Slow Flowers podcast with a donation. The button can be found on our homepage in the right column, and your contributions will help make it possible to transcribe future episodes of the podcast. Thank you to our family of sponsors, Arctic Alaska Peonies, a cooperative of 50 family farms in the heart of Alaska, providing high-quality, American-grown peony flowers during the months of July and August. Visit them today at arcticalaskapeonies.com. The Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliages, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Find them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Longfield Gardens provides home gardeners with high quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season. From tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis, visit them at lfgardens.com. Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry with the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds supplied to farms large and small and backyard cutting gardens like mine. Check them out at johnnysseeds.com. 
and the Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers. Formed in 1988, ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers Podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at kinetictreefitness.com. Thank you.